You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Join Sharon as she discusses the human experience of creating and maintaining relationships of all kinds, from friendships to family and everything in between. And now, here's Sharon. Welcome back to another episode of Ship Talking, WCHL's relationship show. Today we have some fun guests on from far away who are going to share some some cringeworthy first dates they had to go through before the online dating universe finally brought them to each other. Ashton and Patrick, thanks for joining us. What's up, friends? Hi. How's it going? I'm glad you're here. Ashton, I think you were one of, or I like to consider you as one of our first fans of the show. Oh my gosh. Love the show. <laughs> so I'm very happy to, to have you on and share some of your stories because I know you have some good ones. You two are now happily married and settled outside beautiful Boulder, Colorado, but you both spent many many years doing the online dating world, right? Yes. It was, it was an adventure for sure. How um, long were y'all each doing the apps before you found each other? I'll let Pat go first. Yeah, I think... It was a good while. I mean, there's a whole plethora of apps, right? I was on every one from, you know, uh, OkCupid to Match.com to uh, Hinge, which is the one we actually met on, um, which I'm extremely thankful for, to, you know, sketchy ones like Tinder uh, that I got on and got off because it was just too good for me. Um, but I was probably using those dating apps for, gosh, I'd say four or five years, somewhere in that neighborhood. Yeah. And then I, so I started on dating apps when I started law school in the fall of 2014. And like, I don't know why it coincided with starting law school because it probably wasn't the right time to start looking for somebody, but it did. <laughs> um, and I was in law school. In grad school, right? <laughs> right, right. She's like, here, let me just add to this. If anything, I did get a couple of free meals out of it. So to the, the men who took me on dates when I was in law school, thank you. Um, um, and then I hopped off while I was studying for the bar exam. Um, I actually moved from Colorado to San Francisco to study for the bar exam and actually started practicing in San Francisco. Um, and then I was on the apps for probably like eight months before I met Patrick um, in San Francisco. And that was, I feel like, a very wild eight months in the sense that um, San Francisco has, or I guess the, the major cities have additional apps, which, Sharon, you'll have to let me know if they exist, like where you are. There's Wait. one called The League. Okay. Yes. Talk to our listeners a little bit about The League, the league and then <laughs> fill in. Okay. So the, elite, the League is an elitist dating app. At least that's what I found. Um and you have to have like certain education levels to even be considered. And like they look, they pull from your LinkedIn profile, like rather than Facebook, which is a weird thing in its own right. Um, so problematic. Yeah. So, yeah, so many issues. And that is not where I met Patrick, not due to his lack of education. But Sharon, I got to the point where if a guy had gone to the University of Pennsylvania, I immediately swiped left because I was like, I cannot handle guys from Penn anymore. Yeah. Well, and just like the elitism that came from it. I was just yeah. like, <laughs> I was like, okay, 
I don't even know how important you are. Like, that's amazing. I get that. And I'm sure out in San Francisco, you had a good number of those. Oh, it was like, I mean, Pat and I both, I think it was most of the dating apps that are quite a few of the people that we both matched with and went on dates with um, for people who were thought they were very, very important. Well, that's why you move out to San Francisco, right? You like sell your tech business to Yahoo and then I don't know. I don't know. Talk tech. (laughs) I mean, that's like close enough. I mean, like that's, it's a lot of startups. Like, yeah. Yeah. People were very interested in what you, um, what you do for a living there. That's very important. I mean, obviously I'm not discounting that, but, uh, Yeah, that seemed to be the be all and end all of most conversations on dates, not just on dates, just um, in general, I feel like. Um, But I mean, that's just how that's just how it is. That's the economy there. It's pretty tech heavy. So um, there's a lot of conversations um, around that. Not necessarily good or bad thing, but um, it's definitely uh, a tech dominated conversation for sure. And that definitely shows up in in the dating scene. Yeah. All right. Let me hear some stories. Ashton, I know you have some good ones. Okay, I got some good ones. I think remember one about a rash oh yeah i was allergic to a guy um i was allergic to a guy um very it was me no it was not Patrick. <laughs> yeah so we had gone out on two dates and the second date was in oakland and my car got broken into um kind of the rule of thumb when you live in the bay area is that you don't ever leave anything in your car Um, I had nothing in my car, um, but the people broke in and shattered my window anyway. So I get back to my car. The guy had walked me. Yeah. The the guy had walked me to my car. I was like, saw that my window had broken into, we ended up spending time at the Oakland police department, which probably like number one place I hope to never visit again is the Oakland police department because they are worthless. (laughs) Um, and yeah, like the guy, like it was like two o'clock in the morning by the time we like got everything like dealt with and the guy that comes in to like, give me a hug, whatever. And the next day I woke up with this rash all over me and, you know, it was like one of those things that, um, a fun fact about Pat is that he didn't even hug me after the first date. So I wasn't sure he was interested, <laughs> but second date with this other guy, yeah, like, you know, it'd been like a very flirty date, things like that. But I woke up and was covered in a rash. Um, and my mom's in medicine. So I called her and she was like, oh, like, I bet you're allergic to that guy's body oils. Oh, my. And gosh. sure enough. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. And that's why I didn't hug you because. Right. That is not. I <laughs> didn't want you to get another rash. You yeah, didn't even tell that story. On one day, your car got broken into, and then you had a full body allergic reaction to him. Yep, yep, yep. Did you tell him that you're allergic to him? Did that ever? Well, no, because it was like one of those things that, like, you know, standard dating. Like, I like really, I enjoyed my date with that guy, or my couple dates with him, and then. You know, I followed up and I was like, hey, I would love to see you again. And then he decided he did not want to see me anymore. So I was like, blessing in okay. Um, so, yes, yeah, so that was one date. I had another guy um, actually. Wait, I'm going to pause you right there because we're out of time. We're going to come back to segment two and hear about that other one. All right. Perfect. 
right. Thanks for listening to Ship Talking. We'll be back with you in a few minutes. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill. I'm your host, Sharon, joined by Ashton and Patrick. Ashton, you were sharing some some cringe-worthy first date stories. You just <laughs> one where your car was broken into, and then you were allergic to your date's um, body oils, which is a first. I've never heard before. He loves my body oils now, though. <laughs> Very much so. Appreciative for for others' oils. Yes, uh, and odor. <laughs> yes. Ashton, you were about to share another one with us. And I yeah. So the last guy that I went on a date with before I met Patrick um, was this guy who like didn't drink. Totally fine. Um, like, so we met for coffee at like 7 p.m., which um, was fine. And anyway, I went on a couple of dates with this guy. But the second date is where things like kind of get really fun um, and really cringeworthy. So it turns out I was this guy's first kiss. Um, and oh. yeah, he was 27. He was, yeah, he was 27 and I was 30. Um, Cause like, like my deal with dating was that I didn't want to date anybody that was younger than my brother. And this guy was like the same class, like same like graduation year as my brother. I love that as a rule of thumb because that's how I've like thought the same thing. Like if you're in this certain age bracket, you're I I relate you to my sister. If you're in this age bracket, you're you're my brother's friend. Yeah. That was like always like my rule that um you know kind of worked out well and then Pat's a couple years older. But but yeah, so it was this guy's first kiss and he told me that um I was his first kiss. But that wasn't even like the most cringeworthy thing that happened. Um, so I had just moved into a new apartment when I met this guy um, in the city of San Francisco. So um, for the handful of people who may know San Francisco, I'd moved to an area of the city called Pack Heights. Um, I was walking distance um, from the marina and like the Golden Gate Bridge. It was stunning. Um, so the guy knew that I just moved into a new apartment. Well, he drew me a picture of the city skyline and he is not an artist oh at God. all. He also printed off amateur photographs that he had taken of like random things in the Northeast. And Sharon, like I know that you're a pretty spectacular photographer. <laughs> he printed them off out of like his inkjet printer. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. And he was like, here, you can decorate your new apartment with these. As like a bid to be romantic. Yeah. Or like joke. Like, oh my gosh. And I was like, <laughs> it wasn't done through his uh, photography uh, startup, perhaps? No, because he had no such thing. Uh, Please tell me you saved that drawing. And oh, my gosh. And it to me so I can put it in the show notes. Uh, I wish. I um, pretty much immediately, like, recycled it. And I was like, oh, no. Um, but, yeah, two dates from that guy. Poor guy has also, like, found himself in need of a lawyer throughout the years. And the only oh, way... No that I know that is because I have sporadically gotten texts from him about requests for an attorney, which I've sorry universe, but I did ignore them because um, 
I like I work for a like I work for a corporation. Like I would be no good at anyone's personal attorney. So. <laughs> Tell me more about how he approached the the first kiss conversation. Like, did that come up? Um, oh, he shot me a text later. Oh, you didn't know it. No, I didn't know, but it, it was a horrible kiss, and I told a friend of mine. Um, actually, this is a fun, a little fun fact, but. Mine and Patrick's like best friends from San Francisco, like our best couple friend. They were my neighbors in San Francisco and they just bought a house down the street from us here in Colorado. But I had told my friend, I was just like, this is the worst kiss I've ever had in my life. And then it turned out it was the poor guy's first kiss. So, Well, you're an important person in his life. Yeah, I think he thought that I was the one, but little (laughs) did we know I would meet Patrick like two weeks later. Patrick, do you have any bad bad date stories for us? I don't have any super super bad date stories, unfortunately. I mean, there's one kind of weird one, I guess. Um, this one girl just had a really tough time picking a place. I kind of, you know, I like to put the ball in the girl's court, let her kind of pick the place where we want to meet. And um, she just had trouble and said, hey, why don't we go to this place? You know, I kept suggesting things like, hey, why don't we go... Um, so there's this place called the Ferry Building in San Francisco. It's right in the water. It's a beautiful um, old building, clock tower and everything. It has a bunch of gourmet food stalls and coffee shops and stuff like that. It's like, hey, why don't we go over there um, get a drink? She says, oh, it's, it's too blustery tonight. I want to walk over there. I said, well, you know, we're going to be outside regardless, going somewhere. Um, and then we finally decided on a place. And then she was like, oh, I don't really know what I want to drink. And anyway, that was kind of how it went. It was just this sort of the indecisiveness that uh, was kind of frustrating. But I think I just had stranger experiences communicating on the apps as a whole, as opposed to dates. Most of my dates were okay, I would say. It was just the communication. So for instance, this one girl said to me, I feel like this conversation is going in a circle. We've just been messaging for a day or two. And uh, I said, you know, isn't that, isn't that kind of the whole point of this? Like we're going to you know, talk back and forth and potentially, you know, meet up somewhere soon. But um, yeah, just that. I think part of it too is we have so many choices these days with the apps and, uh, and that's, it's like that anywhere. Um, you know, not just San Francisco. I mean, it could be any big city in New York or Boston or, or wherever. Um, yeah. The like overload of options. Yeah. So, I mean, it was weird because, you know, you, you weren't, you'd be messaging with someone and then you don't know, or you didn't know if, you were going to go on a date with them. So, I mean, you have all these backup plans and it's not being disrespectful to that person, but it's just weird because you have so many choices going at the same time and uh, yeah, hard to, uh, (laughs) hard to manage all that. I heard someone tell me once that they tried to keep their conversations with people on the apps limited to three like they they wouldn't have more than three conversations going on at one time. And I thought that was a really nice idea for a way to approach that. Yeah, it's a good way to to limit it, I think. Yeah, and to not I mean to actually like give people a shot. I think that's the hard part too is if you have too much too many going on too then yeah. you don't you can't really focus. It's hard. All right, in 30 seconds, tell us about y'all's first date. Pat was 15 minutes late. Pat. <laughs> Yeah, it was my fault. I was I was busy with work and then I was trying to find an Uber and it was really busy downtown with traffic and was waiting for one and it said, you know, three minutes, three minutes. It didn't go. 
it didn't come. Uh, long story short, I caught a taxi and she went for me and she wasn't even mad. Oh, but she's brought it up many years later. <laughs> she always does. Podcast. <laughs> All right, we're out of time. We'll be back to ship talking in a few minutes. Thanks for listening. You're listening to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. We'll be back with more after this on 97.9 The Hill. And now back to Ship Talking with Sharon Levine. Once again, here's Sharon. Welcome back to Ship Talking on 97.9 The Hill, WCHL's relationship show. We are joined by Ashton and Patrick, who were just telling me about their first date. Pat, you were 15 minutes late, but it sounds like it it all turned out okay because now you're married. Um, So take us from that first date to where you are now. Yeah, so first date was really good. We ended up having three dates in the span of like four or five days with that third date being an intentional Valentine's Day date. I even gave Pat an out and I was like, hey, this date is Valentine's Day. I was like, you don't have to, like, we don't have to schedule a date then if you don't want to. And he said that, no, he really did. Um, But where things I think get interesting is that my parents flew out to California a month after we'd been dating. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah, in between that time, she flew up to Portland, uh, Portland, Oregon to spend some time with some friends and she was texting me constantly the whole weekend. It was both of us. Yeah. Well, I mean, it was, yeah, both ways for sure. Um, but anyway, Pat ended up meeting not just my mom and dad, but my brother, my sister-in-law and my sister-in-law's parents and sister and her boyfriend. Yeah. And and, Pat. <laughs> yeah. My uh, sister-in-law's father grilled me on work and stuff like that so that that was pretty fun but it wasn't too bad I think it was just he was uh he wanted to know if I could pass the test with with Ashton this is my brother's father-in-law who um we we love my sister-in-law's whole family um but it was Pat's first foray into a meeting um the family was a month after we'd been dating and then we ended up doing our first big trip together that well I met Pat's parents that May Pat's parents live in Lake Tahoe um so ended up going up there for a Memorial Day weekend um my grandfather died that weekend so Pat's parents helped me book a flight back to Philadelphia um it was kind of like a I feel like everything that could happen in those like nine or ten months that we were dating before we got engaged yeah big things um we ended up going to our first wedding together, actually in Colorado for a friend of ours, um, or now friends of ours. Um, so Pat got to meet all of my Colorado friends who are pretty much like family out here. And he got there, or they gave um, me the, he got the seal of approval. Um, we did an awesome trip to Glacier National Park, um, another like Pat hero moment. My flight got canceled. I was stuck in the Denver airport, and Pat... Um, basically calmed me down after this like sketchy man in the airport was like, I have a hotel room tonight. Do you want to come? Oh. With me? Um, oh but yeah. God. So, 
so we got engaged um, November. Of, it was the guy with the rash. It was not the guy with the rash. <laughs> we got engaged that November. Um, immediately went to Europe. Um, 10 out of 10 would recommend traveling someplace after you get engaged because people love to celebrate you when you get engaged. Um, then we're, yeah. Um, then we got married last September. Um, and a month before we got married, we ended up moving to Colorado, which is now our home. We own a home here now. Um, but probably the most interesting story and kind of the one that I know for a fact is like, I'm just perpetually convinced that we are right for each other. But, um, we were actually in South America on our honeymoon when the pandemic hit and we escaped from Patagonia. So the southernmost part of the world back to Colorado on the last flight from Santiago to yeah. Dallas, um, like right as the world was shutting down. Um, but we had a, yeah, we had a pretty crazy 72 hours in which we drove from, or Pat drove us from Southern Argentina to Southern Chile. And then um, like know that you're with the right person when you just kind of work together as a team to get yourselves home in the midst of like what is now a global crisis. <laughs> And now five months in, uh, working from home every day, do you still like each other? Oh my gosh, yes. There's nobody else I'd rather be quarantined with. Without a doubt, yeah. We are out of time. Any last words? To everyone out there who is doing the online dating thing, keep the faith. Keep the faith. Yeah, I mean, I echo those, those sentiments. Just have to stay with it. It's hard now. I couldn't imagine dating during these times. But um, yeah, there's definitely a um, light at the end of the tunnel. So just keep your head up. All right. Thank you all for joining us. And if you haven't already followed us on Ship Talking on the Apple Podcasts app, please do so. Leave us five stars in a review because that'd be great. Uh, feel free to reach out to us at ship talking at wchl.com and we'll be back next week bye-bye you've been listening to ship talking with sharon levine on 97.9 the hill for more episodes visit the on-demand page of our website chapelboro.com sure,